Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Third hour is here. Sweet 16 is here tonight, stepping off uh, in about two hours. We will be underway the Sweet 16 for the 2022 NCAA Tournament. Looking forward to that. Gonzaga, Arkansas will get things going, followed by Villanova, Michigan, Duke, Texas Tech, and then Arizona and Houston. Outkick 360 at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Great place if you're in the Middle Tennessee area to watch all of the games. Uh, and, of course, we can preview and recap all of those uh, right here on the show each and every day from our Outkick studio. We will uh, be going in-depth on those games in about 20 minutes. No indictment uh, for the second grand jury that heard a 10th case uh, press forward criminally down in the, the Texas courts on Deshaun Watson and the sexual misconduct cases where 22 women have sued him in civil court. Um, 10 of these have filed criminally, and this was uh, the, the second grand jury was something that was known and was scheduled for upwards of a year, uh, going back to, to last year with, um, with everything, according to, to Tony Busby, who is the, the attorney for the 22 uh, women that have filed in civil court. He has nothing to do with the criminal cases. And Which my, is probably lawyer by lawyer, right? Probably, yeah. But, I mean, the, the grand jury heard the nine cases together um, last week. So... Um, and as for, like, can this continue forever, there, there would have to be a statute of limitations. Uh, if it's not rape, um, my guess is it's a couple of years on the statute of limitations for sexual misconduct. But, so, it, the, but these other 10 presumably have some time to, to come forward with 12. criminal. There's 12. Other 12 yeah. with the criminal accusation if they so choose. It would seem, just thinking it out logically, not knowing anything about it, seeing the results of the cases and that they didn't choose to come forward early, they would probably have lesser cases and now be less inclined. That's I'm also, just a guess. No, I mean, if you have, if you're filing criminal as a part of the civil as well, you, my guess is if you, you felt you had it, the strongest case right. to prove. Yeah. Given these results, I'm also less inclined if I'm Deshaun Watson to settle. Of course. In the, civil case. in the civil case. I mean, Deshaun Watson may may be completely fine after all this, other than the year that he missed with all the accusations. The question then is, if, if that is the case, if he is, quote-unquote, completely fine now with the criminal cases gone and with the civil cases that he doesn't lose, what does the league do? And again, we've said, I've said, I think it's based on a sliding scale of what satisfies the PR that the country requires. So where do they come down on their sliding scale of the proper justice meeting meted out to satisfy the public and the public's 
degree of acceptance of this. See, I think that's ridiculous. But that's what you know. That's what they do. But I don't care. I mean, that's ridiculous. If if he actually goes to court in the civil case and it's thrown out after two grand juries heard all the evidence and said no, we're not even pressing charges. Now you have to satisfy the public because yeah, absolutely because not. these women came forward. Give me a break. I want an investigation into the women at that point if that happens and what's going on there that they all came forward and nothing happened. Uh, or if you're going to you know, picket and protest and be pissed off about something, be pissed off at the criminal justice system for not filing charges. Not Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if I'm Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, has never admitted to any wrongdoing whatsoever, and you are vindicated on grand jury, you're vindicated civilly with this, he doesn't d- deserve a punishment. Why punish him? Well, I'm not saying for me. I'm saying for the league. The league will feel like he's given them a black eye by being involved in something, and the league's standard of justice is not the same as the American standard of justice. We've seen that time and time again. If the league felt that way, they'd already felt that way, and they would have suspended him last season. Yeah, look, Paul, I have a hard time believing that 22 women got together and conspired against him with nothing going on. I agree. And this is all a vast conspiracy, but – we got to go by the facts of what has happened so far. Deshaun Watson has claimed innocence from the beginning. Two grand juries have heard the evidence, decided not to press charges. He is moving forward, not wanting to settle that we know of with the civil cases. If that, these civil cases are thrown out and or he's found not guilty in the civil case, to go on top of two grand juries, possibly more to come, the league has no place in punishing him. He was willing to settle. No place. At one point, he was willing to settle 18 of them. So I suspect well, that he's I got guess so. some inclination to. I guess so, Paul. But the reporting on this story has been atrocious. Uh, uh, that's so a if you want to buy into every little detail that's been out there, there's not much out there. Period. Yeah, there was well, one. There was one report that was close to doing. There has been there has been a jump to conclusions uh, the minute this story came out, and since then. The guy's gone in front of a grand jury and pled the fifth, and they threw the case out. I wasn't speaking for what I was going to do. I was speaking for what I, I believe the league will do, and I believe he'll wind up suspended. If the league wanted to do something for giving the league a black eye, they would have already done it because he's done it. They haven't had to do anything. He was already sitting. Well, now he's getting paid millions. So why not suspend him he now? He doesn't have any games to play yet. This is, I'm, I'm not saying it's the right September thing. September 11th, what he has the a game to play. Doing. And I, I don't think he'll play it. Because of the the cases being out there? Because of the, how they manage publicity. I, I just uh, so, so you're saying they're going to suspend Deshaun Watson but not suspend any, anybody with the Miami Dolphins or anyone with the Washington Redskins? Well, they technically, oh, quote-unquote, you know, suspended You know exactly Snyder. how they went down. I know. But let, ownership doesn't get treated the same as players. We they know that. They suspended Snyder, and who was there for the jersey unveiling? Snyder. I'm not saying it's right. You're coming at me like these are my opinions. Well, it's your I'm opinion that the, the league justice. is going to be upset I think at Deshaun the, Watson. I think the league will be upset But they're at not going to be upset at the owners who or represent these Or they'll come out teams. and say, time served. Owners uh, are the, in a different plane. Uh, this we know is, that. This is illogical. It makes zero sense. That the league often makes zero sense. Tyreek Hill was accused of domestic assault against his son. I believe it was his son. Zero suspension for Tyreek Hill at that time. Probably ridiculous. But there have been other people, too. I can't remember the second one. The first one was, was Ben Roethlisberger. 
Who he he settled. He settled. Okay. Well, I, I think Deshaun Watson is going to wind up settling. I don't think the civil suits will wind up going away because at a certain point he was willing to settle 18 of them. Well, a report said that. I, I, again, I've, we've not heard from his attorney or Deshaun Watson saying anything like that. Has Deshaun Watson released a statement other than these charges no, it, are false? That, I led, I led off the second hour with he's, he's scheduled to speak with the media tomorrow in Cleveland. I don't want – I'm very consistent he's with this. He's not going to say I, anything. I, what, no, he's not going to say anything. Paul, what I don't want, and, and this is kind of what you're saying with that, well, they'll, or they'll say time served. This is an either-or scenario. Either you are going to step out on a ledge and say, we believe you're guilty of something, and we're going to suspend you for that reason, and we are doing that. Or you say, you said you were innocent. You said you didn't commit any crimes or do anything wrong. And so far, it's bared out that way, so you face no suspension. I don't want this cop-out from the league of time served for a guy who got full salary to not play football. That The only thing that, that got screwed in this whole thing are the Houston Texans, if that's the case, uh, with the whole story. So take a side if you're the league. I don't know what happened, but there's a lot of evidence coming on the side of Sean Watts in the last couple weeks, and that surprises me. Based on the amount of accusers that are out there. Well, this is really where does. the league this is where the league got itself in trouble by becoming its own investigative arm because in certain instances like this one, it can't get any information. The grand jury does it. It doesn't know what was said or what wasn't said in the grand jury. It only knows the grand jury's results. And in these civil things, nobody's obligated to talk to them. And the league thinks it's like a federal bureau of investigations or a, a uh, county prosecutor, and it's uh, not. That, that's where, it, to me, the really upsetting part of this whole thing is the media. Because the NCAA has done this for decades. And Canada, there's always yeah. been Yahoo, Yahoo. Sports. Yeah. When the NCAA says, we don't have enough evidence or we can't get enough detail, Yahoo Sports goes in and finds it and then reports it. And then the NCAA reacts to that because of public reaction and, and backlash. there's nothing like that. Where's yet? the media doing that with this? Instead of just reacting to every new detail that's out there. It's, it just hasn't happened. And as much as these attorneys speak, you would think that off the record, they'd be handing out some info as well. Yeah, the only person that's made headway is, is Jenny Ventus, and we don't know if she's on it in the same way for the New York Times that she was for Sports Illustrated. I think the, um, look, I, I don't think that the, and maybe they will, Paul, maybe you're right in guessing what they're going to do. I, I don't think the league has any grounds to suspend them if he continues to go through the legal process and even the civil suit comes out where the, the, the plaintiff's accusers don't win, if he settles, though, that to me is where it's going to be interesting because a settlement would also mean an NDA. So he could settle. They could sign an NDA. He could continue to claim his innocence. Cases are settled. They can't speak. And then he says, this was something done legally to move forward. If he but settles, still precedent, precedent says he gets something. Other then, guys who've settled have gotten something. That is true. Then the league would come back and say, you settled, so we're going to suspend you. But again, uh, again that they could say that. I, I don't know that I would fully agree. But to me, that's the middle ground that's going to be icky hazy. But for the they, league. But he, he still ends up way ahead because the Browns have protected him with this contract. So if he settles and he's suspended six games and it's reduced to four upon appeal – like is also the trend with the league. Um, he's out games, but not money. He's out two, four hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but the league feels like because his base salary this year is only a million dollars. They certainly for protected him with money, but the two punishments have always been money and games. 
those are the two ways you hurt guys, money and games. Well, but the money comes with missing games. Right. So that's the punishment is the money because you miss games. Missing games for Deshaun Watson right now costs him nothing. Well, it costs him the opportunity to play. Guys want the opportunity to play. Well, he's got 10 years ahead of him, so in the, in the long run, it, it doesn't hurt you that much. In the immediate well, but run, the, league, the guys, league, guys chomping at the bit to play. But his contract, though, guarantees the league could take away. The league could say, well, we're fining you this amount. We know the contract you signed with the Browns, that you're not going to get hit financially with this. We're going to hit you financially. I think no, CBA I, guarantees they cap it. they it's, out cap of, the it's out of your base salary. That's why it's manipulated. So it can't be on top that, of, of it's, the, it's off your base salary. So that's why... The, the Browns put in a million-dollar base salary and gave him a what, $50 million up front. The question is, would they suspend him more games based it, on the structure of the contract? It certainly looks like... But the like, games are dictated somewhat so by the CBA So you're going to suspend him for two years so they can get $50 million next year? No. I, I think the games are dictated somewhat by the CBA. I mean, if he... If the he, range if he, of games. Worst case, if he's suspended for the 2022 season... He's out a million dollars. That's the maximum fine because that's his base salary. But he will have missed two seasons of his career, which does hurt. And he just signed a $250 million guaranteed contract, fully guaranteed. But you'd hate to miss a season of games, wouldn't you, Hutton, if you were playing? Not if I'm Deshaun Watson. I think you're, you're too flip with that. I think missing a season of games Paul, hurts. he just did it. I understand, and he'd do it again. So in the middle of his career, he's missed two seasons. The guy wants to play. He has missed a season, and... On top of everything, he is rewarded with a contract we've never seen before. I'm not disagreeing with you about the financial. So tell me where he's losing by missing he's games. He's losing an opportunity in the AFC stack to with more quarterbacks money? to go out and prove he's one of the best quarterbacks and win. He didn't even have to play to prove he's one of the best quarterbacks last year. Think about what you're saying. Well, the guys, way you prove you're the best wanna, is winning games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he wants to play ultimately. Of course, uh, the, but what, he's, what he's missing out on is the but ability to, prove to go he's play one of the best quarterbacks quarterback. in the league. He didn't even play last year, and he's been treated as that. Well, he's going to only be. You can only be treated so good before you actually win games. He's you're the, right. You can only be treated so well that you're the highest paid player in the yeah, history of the position. Well, that's not the way a lot of people judge themselves. Is based on actually winning the games, not on winning the contract. Financially, he's going to be fine. I mean, we're just talking from a financial standpoint. He loses nothing with that, and he's losing nothing with the with the Browns. But, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately I would hope Deshaun Watson wants to play quarterback and doesn't want to miss two years. Oh, I mean, he shouldn't have to based on the results of these criminal cases not moving past the grand jury. So far. I mean, pick up a newspaper and look at grand jury hearings and indictments. The list is long. They send a ton of stuff to trial. I know someone that's on the, the federal grand jury here in town. They send a ton of stuff to trial. Two grand juries have heard this and said there's not enough here to even move it forward, there is, to even allow a jury to determine guilt or innocence. There is something not adding up. There is Definitely no not. doubt about it. There is, there, is a, there is a disconnect with the accusations, the consistency of those accusations initially, the 22 accusers, and the fact that no charges are being, are, are being levied with these grand jury that are seeing and hearing everything, and... Keep in mind, Deshaun Watson's not speaking. He's not even defending himself. He's the, pleading the fifth, and they're still not moving forward with it. But the civil standard is different, as we've seen. Oh, and it, so it's, we'll it's see an easier. Far it is, easier. It is, uh, it's more, it, it's unanimous and beyond a reasonable doubt in criminal court. And in the civil court, it is more likely than not. 
which is a it's huge how you vote. Difference. So it's fifty-one forty-nine, and it's not a hundred percent. So we see where that goes. And it is a the the twists and turns with all this. And what's the timing of the damn thing? Does it bleed into training camp in the season? Doesn't or matter are they now. Well, the 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 league wants the time, to see what happens in the civil suits. I'm but sure. but the but Paul, my point is, last year the NFL would have allowed him to be traded. And he would have played in Miami. I think he would have got suspended in Miami How? with all this stuff looming, with the, with the criminal cases still looming. How? They were saying they didn't have information. So how are they going to suspend him? I think, so. I, I think we heard that Miami was expecting that he would have been suspended upon arrival. I don't, I don't know how, but we don't know for sure he wouldn't have been. No, Miami didn't trade for him because they wanted guarantees that he would not be suspended and he wouldn't settle. So that was why the they didn't guarantee. trade for him. Yeah, the Dolphins the, wanted him to settle the before NFL, the trade went through and he wouldn't the do The NFL, through a statement of the league, reason. said they, would, they, they couldn't act either way. Because they didn't know. Because they had no information. No one was giving them anything. So tell me how, if, if by saying that, they would have suspended him upon trade. Okay, well, do they have the information that they want now? So you're going to let them play and wait for the civil stuff it's to play no out? It's no different than last him? year. My, my point is, how are they... How are they not going to allow him to play? I don't know. With we'll the timing out. of this. Because the timing last year would have said if he was traded, he would, Miami would have played him. Right? Let's just hypothetically if, say if they, they, they traded have, for they him. Would they would have played him. And the NFL, prior to the trade, openly said they didn't have enough information to act. So if you're going to say that, how do you suspend him upon trade? The only thing that's changed is his, his home In his team. favor. And That's the it. things that have changed are in his favor. Well, I, if I'm him, I'm rooting for this stuff to be resolved so that there's a resolution, a suspension, no suspension, or whatever it is at the beginning instead of him playing six well, games and then it getting you're resolved for and then a suspension. But if you're, if you're thinking that way, you settle to resolve it. I agree. I would settle if I were him. I, but I, I'm not – if he's telling the truth – I would never settle if I were completely innocent. Oh, well, at this I can't point, tell if you an innocent settle, man you're changing to, your, your tune. I can't. But, Paul, if, if he's innocent, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, this innocent man should just give a lot of his money to these women that are lying. <laughs> what, what does that make sense? I mean, he's already not faced anything from the league. Might as well ride it out now if that's what you truly believe. I wasn't in the room, so I don't know what happened. So it's, it's difficult for me to say, well, he should settle. Well, if he's actually telling the truth, I'm not settling, especially getting this information back from two grand juries. Why settle now? Oh, I, I tend to agree. You see that in the movies all the time. You know, Well, if you settle this, you can get it passed. Well, if I settle this, I'm admitting yeah. some degree of guilt and everybody's going to think I did it. But if you settle this, you can get this behind you and move on, well, the lawyer even, says. And but the, lawyer, the lawyer's looking out for your monetary. I mean, he's protecting you or he or she's protecting you in a way because the judge can can levy or a jury can levy in a civil case uh, punitive damages and then ramifications and monetary damages on top of that. Whereas if you settle, you just, here's your lump sum and move on. There you go. It's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys have done. Any punishment headed their way for Rick Dowell, and what went on behind the scenes there because they settled and they did. Made it go away pretty, and it wasn't talked about. They settled and not only was it not talked about, we haven't heard a peep. From anyone, because their NDAs all covering this. Yeah, or, or, but I'm saying like even mentioning Watson and determining whether or not he's going to be suspended if he settles. 
We just saw it by Jerry Jones and the Dallas well, Cowboys. This is, this is where the league has a very upfront double standard that we all know about, and they'll never fully admit to, but we all know it. Owners, organizations are always going to be treated differently when it comes to this than players. Absolutely. And it's completely unfair. Because they're the bosses. It's completely unfair. But they and, run the league. And, and so they to, get to say uh, what happens. I think we all agree. It, by settling, and, and we're mentioning right here, Rick Dalrymple, uh, uh, the, the quotes I read for the story, he's still saying he didn't do anything. And he got a golden settled. parachute. But they settled. Right. And then he retired. And we're, forever. We're, we're, we're speaking as if it happened, and it happened exactly as the case was laid out well, in, sounded, in this report. Yeah, he went into a cheerleader locker room and took pictures. Allegedly. And then he settled the case. The civil case. Yeah, and they made a soft landing and everything went just like they'd like. And Look, he's forever Jerry's guy. I'll be a, I'll, and, and no punishment. So my, my thing is, if you're worried about the perception of settling, but there's no punishment, do you settle or not? I mean, that, that's the predicament that you're in if you're completely innocent. And I'm sure there are tons of examples of people who have been innocent but settled to just move on and get it out of the way. It's the way the system works. And gambling on the four, gambling on the two percent difference that would make up uh, the the options to leave you in a really bad spot if it's more likely than not, and somehow the other case, the other side gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, right. It's a lot. Uh, it's risk. It's risky. I'll, I'll, right. I'll go fully on record right now with my opinion on all this. If things stand as they are right now, he should not be suspended at all at this point in time. If he settles with 22 accusers, yeah. all 22 of them, th- that's, a, that's a different story and a slippery slope because he could easily argue, I'm doing this to move forward with my life, and it's going to cost me less than spending all the legal fees to go completely through the process, but I'm still completely innocent. This was a financial decision to be done with it. But if you're the league, you could say, you settled for a reason. Well, they're not going to stay as they are. And so you're going to get either going to settle them, right. win them, or lose them, or win some and lose some. Yeah. And if he wins all of them, he definitely shouldn't be suspended. I'd agree with that. But I, I, the league can be stupid on such matters. Well, the, the first incident allegedly happened March 30th of 2020. Uh, going back through all these reports. So I don't know the statute of limitations here. If you want to file criminally, if you don't, like we're certainly no lawyers here, but um, two, two grand juries have said they're not moving forward criminally. And now the timetable, who knows? I mean, with the, the millions that you have, you, as we well know, uh, there's a threat uh, every day of big companies that say, oh, you want to you wanna sue? We have, we have tons of money. We'll just right. continue this out until you're broke. I mean, who knows how long this goes? Crazy. And there's probably, I, I don't know, there's probably twists and turns where the accusers would like to draw it out too because it looms over his head. In the state of Texas, the statute of limitations for sexual assault on a victim over 18 years old is 10 years. For criminal? Yes. So, so there's time there well, too. Well, yeah, but some there's of this a decade is... That looms over his head also. But yeah. it, some of this is is lewd behavior um, and sexual assault would be a criminal matter. Lewd behavior, uh, well, some sort of criminal manner, but not, uh, not to the same level. Well, no, but, but I'm, I'm saying the, the, it, it depends on the level of what went on. The, the, the different accusations are 
some of the stuff we went through on the show, like it, there's one side that's just a, you know, a novel of detail and then other stuff that's just very vague based on what's been out there. Yeah, statute of limitation for lewd acts is two years. And that's how some of these have been described. So, again, who knows? But based on the information right now, the Browns, who would have known about the second grand jury when they signed him? Um, they had to feel fine about that. I mean, the, clearly they did. When the story dropped, I immediately thought, this almost seems planted to mess with the Browns after making this move. <laughs> that after they gets cleared with a war, yeah. oh, now and there's a second grand jury. And I'm like, I think oh, Busby was asked about that go. today. And Busby, Bus, well, Busby said, this has, been plan- this has been on the schedule for over a year. Like, this is not some surprise. Well, how the, like you're saying about the media, how the hell does that – had to be on the docket or pending docket or there had to be some indication of that somewhere I, in I the know. system, you I would know. think. I'm no court reporter. I don't want to be, but there are court reporters. <laughs> I know. I know. You do this for a living. Hey, uh, coming up, a full Sweet 16 preview. We're going to give you our picks, our best bets, and who we think moves on to the Elite Eight – and the best game, the game, the can't-miss matchup of the evening on this Thursday of the Sweet 16. Our big preview next on Kick 360 What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Consider these stats before selecting your Sweet 16 winners tonight. Welcome back, Outkick 360, across the Outkick Network. 7 o'clock Eastern, tip-off between Gonzaga and Arkansas. Two teams that both played in the Elite Eight a year ago, of course, we know Gonzaga went on to just come up one game short of the, of the title. Potentially a great game, even though the spread does not indicate it's going to be close. Arkansas, uh, late last night, nine and a half point underdog. It's up to 10 as early as this morning on FanDuel. With all that in mind, with Note, who's one of the best players in the country, he is 10 for 34 in this tournament total. Uh, it's hard for me to believe one of the best players in the country doesn't show up on a massive platform tonight and go toe-to-toe with another one and Drew Timmy, who is the best player in this game. I, I have Gonzaga. Uh, I would take Arkansas to cover. I think it's going to be an extremely close matchup. Yeah, I, I think Chet Holmgren is a key. J.D. Note 
absolutely a key who has not been shooting well in this tournament, as you mentioned. But Chet Holmgren, three of his last five games, single digits. He has to find, excuse me, he has to find his niche in this tournament and in this game. So I, I think he's the key for Gonzaga. Um, I like you, Now I like Arkansas to cover. I want Gonzaga to win. I want Mark Few and Gonzaga to win their first national title. I'm up front about my rooting interest. I think Arkansas keeps it close. I think they cover that nine and a half. I think Zags probably find a way to win it by double digits. I, I think maybe just pulling away uh, a little bit at the end. I, I expect uh, I expect it to be competitive for for a good while. I think Note plays better because uh, he's due to play better and because he's really good. But uh, Gonzaga's got a lot of guys. I think Eric Musselman is quickly emerging as one of the best coaches in the country. He's good. In a short amount of time. Elite eight, now sweet 16, chance to go to the elite eight in year two. And he has got an all-time recruiting class coming in for Arkansas next year. He's one of the elite in the game. Also, con- consider the first two matchups of the tournament for Arkansas. Teams that slowed the game down against Arkansas. That Arkansas wants to pick up the pace. And Gonzaga is going to play a lot faster than what we saw from Vermont, what we saw from New Mexico State. And while I'm not here to say it's a better matchup for Arkansas playing Gonzaga than the other two, I do think the pace of play helps the Razorbacks find more rhythm. Um, You see Arkansas's points per game, um, and uh, overall, three-point percentage is down, where they've hit just 10 of... 37 attempts in the tournament. These overall numbers or tournament numbers? This would be for the tournament because yeah. Gonzaga leads the country in scoring. But the, uh, again, Arkansas, I, I think they surprise some people tonight. Something else that just shows how random the NCAA tournament can be at times with matchups and favorability in terms of your draw. So far, Arkansas has faced a 13 seed and a 12 seed to get to the Sweet 16. A year ago, they beat a 14 seed, a 6 seed, and a 15 seed in Oral Roberts to get to the Elite Eight. And then lost to the number one seed, or excuse me, number three seed, Baylor, in the round of eight. So Arkansas has also been very, no knock Razorbacks fans, but But you've been very, very, very lucky. That is exactly what you want to happen and the way you want it to break it out to have a deep run in the tournament. And Arkansas has been very fortunate in that regard. Not as fortunate tonight against number one overall seed Gonzaga. If they win this one, they have certainly earned it to get to the next round. Villanova and Michigan. Second tip-off that will be 15 minutes after Gonzaga-Arkansas. Gonzaga-Arkansas, by the way, on CBS. TBS has Villanova and Michigan, where one team is more talented than the other. But if you're looking at the, the way both teams are currently playing... Michigan, they have the players and size advantage down low to keep this game close. And Hunter Dickinson is the reason why. 16 for 23, 48 points, 17 rebounds, five blocks in the two NCAA tournament games to begin this tournament for Michigan. Dickinson opens up so much space for Michigan. So Villanova needs Eric Dixon to to match up and, and cancel him out to some degree. Villanova's been allowing points in the paint, 
um, that, that they need to cut that down. I, Colin Gillespie, to me, very, very efficient and, and keys this, kind of controls it. I'm all in on Nova um, all the time with Jay Wright. And uh, I think it's a good coaching matchup, but I think Villanova finds a way. Well, very impressed with Diabate so far in this tournament to go with Dickinson down low for uh, Michigan. Seems like classic size versus guard play matchup with Michigan and Villanova. Villanova not deep. They're going to play a rotation of six guys most of the game. Michigan doesn't play a lot either, They though. don't. You see that with a lot of these teams when you get to this point. Very veteran squad also. Michigan, one of the youngest teams left in the tournament. Villanova the opposite. Four seniors, a junior, a sophomore in their rotation. X factor in this game, free throw percentage. Villanova the best free throw shooting team left. Everybody's Colin Gillespie, good, right? 90% from the free throw line. That's going to be big in a close game. I think this is a close game. I think in the last 10 minutes, it's going to be anyone's game. But I think the, the veteran leadership, the guard play, free throw shooting is going to be key for Villanova. And they win. I think they cover because of some late free throws. But I think it's a close game. They've got virtually all good free throw shooters, correct? 83% yeah. as a team. Villanova has only lost one game since February 2nd. And they have not had a leading scorer in consecutive games be the same guy. 11 straight wins that's impressive so they they spread the wealth they do a little bit of everything well and because of that consistency it's hard to pick against them in this matchup no matter how good Juwan Howard's Wolverines are playing right now Duke and Texas Tech this is uh this is the game that has moved the most by the public betting uh, on, on these on this game nationally uh originally it was Texas Tech as the underdog now they're the favorite and meanwhile, I think the country believes that Texas Tech's defense is going to keep a young Duke offense off the scoreboard enough to muddy the waters and win a, cl- a close game late. I, I, I don't, while I'm most intrigued about this game, I don't think this is the best game of the night because I think it's kind of a, a muggy. Fight, uh, more of a fist fight in the trenches type. And that's, that's how Texas Tech makes you play. Uh, it's always one of your toughest matchups on the, on the calendar. I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, Chad. The Tennessee matchup comes to mind. That was one of the worst performances, sloppy performances, because Texas Tech is so good at getting after you defensively. And that was a game that was two of the best defensive teams in the country with Tennessee and Texas Tech. Tennessee finished top five in overall defense. Texas Tech number one, so that was to be expected. The difference here is Duke is not a very good defensive team. They are a very good offensive team. Um, I like Duke to get it done in this game. Their young guy showed me something against Michigan State. The way that game was trending when they fell behind by five, with I think four and a half, five minutes left, I'm thinking, no counterpunch. Young Duke team is going to lose to this Michigan State team. They fought back. They found a way. I think they do so again tonight. I do not recognize myself with regard to this game because for, what, 40 tournaments before this, I would have loved to have seen Texas Tech take down Coach K. And tonight, I feel opposite. Who, who am I? Uh, Banchero and Moore like to go to the basket more than they like to, to shoot from outside, and this team's not going to let them get to the basket. They're giving up 13 points in the paint. I just don't think it's a particularly good matchup. And I, I, I hate it because I want to see Shashevsky go a little bit further. I, I just don't think they Duke has played a team defensively. Like, I know they haven't, like Texas Tech all, all year. 
Bencaro is is excellent, Chad. Uh, and he turned it on against Michigan State. But I, I picked the money line. I bet Texas Tech money line when the lines were posted earlier this week. I'll do it with the line as it is now. Two guys that factored in big to the end of that Michigan State game. Jeremy Roach, A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin went down with the ankle injury. He's back. Jeremy Roach knocked down a huge three late in that game to give Duke a four-point lead at the time. Those guys are going to be big. Because if you have any opportunities against Texas Tech, it's typically from three. And those are the three-point shooters right now for Duke. So I think those guys factor in big tonight. If, if they knock down some shots, I like Duke's chances. I hope you're right, Chad. Um, Arizona-Houston, the nightcap for night one of the Sweet 16 games. It's a 9.30 Eastern tip-off. And Houston has done this without their top two stars. And I think this is the night where they drastically miss Marcus Sasser the most, Chad, against the thoroughbreds of the Wildcats. Benedict Matherin is a beast. And Arizona's got some dudes. And they can score. Houston, though, the one thing Arizona gives up, offensive rebounding. Um, Houston is a team that now, we all have the things we do in the bracket that don't often make sense. I've been way undervaluing Houston, probably because I saw it a, a complete game where they lost to Memphis pretty badly at home. Um, I like Houston, what they have coming into this game and the matchup with Arizona. I've got, from the beginning, I had Gonzaga beating Arizona for the national championship. I'm sticking with that, but we previewed it to start the show. I think the early game and the nightcap, this being the nightcap, are the two most compelling matchups and best games of the night. But give me Arizona in a close game. It's a tough game for Arizona to play better in, having given up 20 offensive rebounds to TCU, having turned the ball over 35 times in two games. If they play better, they'll win. But Houston's a tough team to play better against based on how Houston plays. Do you like, their, do you like the way they play? I don't I, – like, I'm with Chad. I'd rather see the smooth offensive stuff than the – than the team that's, you know, their top 10 offensive efficiency. I like that part. Their top 10 defensive efficiency. I don't love watching defensive basketball until it's in the last two minutes of a close game. Then I, then I love it. Well, I mean, we, for, for everything that we, you know, complain about with Houston, their style of play, they're, in a, cat, they're in a category with only Gonzaga. Gonzaga's considered the, the best team in the tournament. They're the only other team that ranks top 10 offense and top 10 defense remaining in the tournament. Yeah, uh, right. so, Houston's Houston's no joke, yeah. um, and they're very. I mean, if we, for Jay Wright and all the credit we're giving Villanova, Kelvin Sampson's elite. He's been excellent for for the Cougars. Um, I, I picked Arizona in my bracket. I'm sticking with that pick, but man, I I think we have undersold Houston in, as a five seed. Uh, I think I, they're this year's. They're, I will raise my hand and be the first to say I have undersold Houston the last two years. That's a five seed. I had them losing in the first round this year way better uh, than I expected. So I, I think this is maybe the classic of the night between these two teams. And it's impressive that Houston's done this with some roster turnover and then some injuries that take yeah, away from the roster. I know. They, they, they've shown some depth. You could argue they're, they're built for it. And uh, it, it comes down to how much does Arizona want it. They, they were out-rebounded by TCU. And yeah, they have they two seven-footers. They need to play with some fire. Well, they're going to have to. I mean, if... if if TCU out-rebounds you, Chad, imagine what Houston can do in their style of play. Uh, we'll, we will go.
go into the Sweet 16 matchup. So tip-off's in about an hour and 20 minutes or so. Uh, we'll wrap up the show by looking ahead to Friday's show and the games on deck after the four-pack we get tonight. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Remind me of the fake sports news uh, scare that I had like 30 minutes ago. Outkick 360 rolls on. It's the 21st anniversary of a, a very special moment in sports history. Chad, do you know it? 35th anniversary. March 21st, 2001. Randy Johnson killed the dove who flew into the path of his fastball. The batter was Calvin Murray, who at the time was uncle to a budding three-year-old athlete named Kyler Murray. Wow. I like those. I like those facts. It is still hard to watch that moment. I have no it's problem just, watching it because I hate birds. So I'm going to be yeah, completely yeah, honest. Yeah. I don't really care. So true, not it's only just so weird because you don't birds really could s- get shot. They could get hit by a baseball. They could, I, I feel nothing. It's a bizarre, <laughs> a it's a bizarre sequence because you don't really see the bird come into the frame. It just disintegrates. All of a sudden, the bird just is blown up. It disintegrates. You see nothing but feathers. Feathers. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, rat with wings. It, it, <laughs> uh, it, Chad says he doesn't fear birds. He just doesn't want to go near them fe- because yeah, right. of the yeah. Just the like disease. my friend's not hungover. He's just clammy and dehydrated and has a bad headache and wants to go back to bed. Uh, what was the, on the Outkick the Tailgate show, what was the, was that a, what bird was that that I had, was on my arm that that dude showed up oh, at every show? Oh, it was show? some sort of huge uh, parrot. Parakeet, uh, <laughs> parakeet, yeah, one of those and things. You, you didn't fear it. You just got up and ran. If away. It was much heavier than what I expected. It was on my right arm. It, it yeah, was weighted down. I don't like the parrot's ability to parrot <laughs> to speak. <laughs> Something very unnatural about <laughs> that. The, the, the separation between man <laughs> and beast is Chad. way too not not only way too close between the, the not the, only the parrot can they us. speak, they can mimic the voice of people in your house. My um, oh, that's my freaky. cousins in Virginia Beach. They had one on the on the uh, screened in porch as you walk in. And that's where, uh, that's where he, the, the parrot lives. He's still alive, but he, he mimics voices. And um, John Limeberry is my uh, cousin. He, he, to a T sounds like John calling for one of the dogs. Does it, uh, so does dog the dog, well, I think the dog like is used to it now, but it is all, it's almost identical. It's crazy. It's I think that's like be- Chad's nightmare. I think there should be a ritual sacrifice to that demonic being. <laughs> if I if I heard an animal, uh, a parrot, anyone like mimic my a- the actual sound of my voice and do that, I'd have a real hard what? time living with that creature. What's the omen? Not only does he <laughs> as if that makes it different. Not only does he kill the bird, right? The bird explodes. It's a dove. Like what does that symbolize? The bird of to you? peace. It symbolizes that Randy Johnson is one bad mf'er. <laughs> That's what it symbolizes. I remember watching something. Remember when he hit J.T. Snow in the face? And J.T. Snow like missed a season or missed some time, like broke his eye orbit. Uh, and, oh. and it was, it, you're talking about someone who's, who has no feeling. 
They were talking to Randy Johnson, but he's like, well, I tried to call JT, and he did not return my call. Next, he got close to John Cruck at the All-Star game, and he just bailed. Well, they talked about it. It was, it was somewhere, but he like visited the hospital, and JT Snow wouldn't see him. Really? Like trying to, you know, apologize or something. And uh, me and my buddies always joke that JT Snow's there. It's like, get this animal away from me. <laughs> I don't want to see him ever again. Was, the it the 90, always... was it the 95 ALCS against the Yankees where he came out of the bullpen to close it? Uh, because the, Indi- the Indians ended up going, right? Was it 98? Well, no. 2001, he won Not with the ALCS, the, the ALDS. In Seattle. ALDS, yes. That 96. was the game five. Yeah. That was the one in, in 10 innings where, where King Griffey Jr. At the scored. Hollerwald's terrible At the call. Kingdome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's where he came out. I, I just remember the scene there. That's, that was right in the heart of 95. my Mariners fandom he right also, there. You may also be thinking about Little Big League where he came out of the bullpen no, to, to pitch I for the Mariners. I always marveled at just how <laughs> much. Against the Twins. Tom Heyman. He changed his name from... To from Tommy to Tom. I always wanted to see a sports science on how close his release was. Like where the ball came out of his hand, how far was he actually throwing it compared to a normal-sized pitcher? I don't think you need to overthink the six foot eleven guy with that wind-up and throwing the heat that he did. Um, you're talking about like, if, like how much span. closer like where, he yeah, was? Where am I releasing the ball as compared to a normal-sized guy? I feel like it's two he feet was, closer to you. He was a scary dude. Um, That's speak, one that would be intimidating. You mentioned Tom. Uh, th- this segues into the, the fake sports news scare that I saw. So uh, Deshaun Watson not being charged. It was announced by the county district attorney, Tom Selleck. <laughs> and when I saw this, I, I thought, thought it, was and it was a press release. The dude's name is Tom Selleck. Uh, the Any district photo? attorney in this. Uh, <laughs> well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I could this find is, him. I mean, if I Google Tom Selleck, DA, I'm probably getting some role that Tom Selleck. This is played. actually just a subplot on Blue Bloods <laughs> this week on CBS, <laughs> and you're reading some 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 uh, script, script notes. Really? Yeah. Oh, from the office of Tom. I don't even know what Tom Selleck's role is on that show, but he, I, I guess he's a former cop or DA or something. <laughs> Would kind of make sense. Police commissioner? Head of the family? Yeah, police commissioner, I think. Is. We are back at My it tomorrow with it. a full preview of all of the Sweet 16 matchups for Friday. And, hey, we're going to know uh, the half of the Elite Eight by the end of tonight. We'll be recapping the Sweet 16 results on tomorrow's show. Hope you'll join us at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern across the Outkick Network. USA, USA, don't block the box. Do lock the locks.